Thanks for listening to the Praise Family of Churches podcast. We have physical buildings throughout Oregon, including Monmouth, McMinnville, and Mitchell, but our community extends around the world. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website online at praise.family. everybody and welcome back to Behind the Message, a podcast where we go deeper into what was preached on Sunday and the series as a whole. Uh, I'm your host, Morgan, and with me in the studio today, I have Mackenzie Brown, who preached on Sunday. Hey, hey. Uh, and then our guest, uh, Amy Thomas. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Amy. Thank you for Do having me. Do you want me. to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. So I'm Amy Thomas. I live in Salem. I attend the Monmouth campus of praise um i'm on the board the harriet house and pretty involved there and you know i'm mackenzie's you know sounding board sanity keeper sanity that's what it was there was like an actual there (laughs) was a a title there was Uh a title given to me on the board of directors of the harriet house sanity keeper that's what it was so Mm -hmm. yeah so (laughs) I, um, yeah, that's, that's a little about me. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, so this Sunday, Mackenzie was preaching on Nehemiah, was it eight and nine, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, and you were talking about joy, Mm -hmm. um, and having joy in, well, how to have joy in the midst of things, choosing to have joy, Mm. um, that, that it's a choice and it's not something that just sort of happens. Right. Um, and you had three main things that, um, sort of help us achieve joy in our lives, right? Which is um, reading the Bible, um, being in the Word. Um, and then the second one was uh, a confession mm. and to be vulnerable. Um, My least favorite Uh-huh. One. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's <laughs> least favorite. <laughs> Everyone's uh, cringing as you're like, oh, dang it. Yeah. Uh, remember like, oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the last one is community, which mm-hmm. um, I think our church is doing quite well right now with our community mm-hmm. groups and really um, diving into that aspect um, a lot. So, yeah, I agree. And what's what I will say before we get into a lot of it is the uh, some of the backstory around this topic. I didn't even really I was writing this for I've been thinking about it for maybe about a month. Um, but this last week when I kind of had everything pulling it all together and really came down to this uh concept that joy is a choice uh is is pretty funny I would say is pretty comical and Amy's smiling and the reason that Amy's smiling right now (laughs) is because uh, Amy says this stuff to me all the time she's like no you just have a choice and that you have a choice you have a choice you have a choice and I it's actually just so real you have a choice I hated it I hated it I felt like it's insensitive. It's, it's the not. worst thing to say to Mackenzie Brown when she's spinning. Yeah. It is like, it's the worst. And thing so to say. I just wasn't ready to That's hear so it. And then all of a sudden I'm preaching on it and it <laughs> hits me. And it's funny because Amy even wrote down some notes of things that she's literally said to me. Oh, there's a few Amyisms in this, <laughs> in these notes here. Yeah. There's, Which some of them I knew, yeah. like consciously when I put them in, you know. I mean, because why would I say it a different way if she already said it well? You know, like, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. But it was a thing. I think my heart wasn't ready to hear it. My heart wasn't ready to decide that 
uh, joy is a choice or that I have a choice in like how, I mean, I've known for a long time, like, of course you have a choice in how you react to things, but being such an emotionally driven person, sometimes when your head is spinning, it, they don't feel like you have a choice. And so that's why I was like, that's not very empathic. Like you don't understand. Like I can't just will myself out of this experience. <laughs> and, and in some ways, like there's some aspects of like mental health and things like that, that mm-hmm. that's totally, totally true that you, that, you know, when you're sick, you can't will yourself to not be sick. You need a doctor. Um, but in a lot of my stuff, it, it was not, it wasn't that it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like the medicine's right in front of you and you're still not taking it kind of situation. And so it was so important for me to see this in scripture um, as a different joy, not the joy that I've learned about in emotional health, but a joy that only comes from the Lord. Mm. And that was powerful to say like, okay, yes, I have all these emotions and they're stirring, but in the midst of that, God offers this and we always have a choice to grab it. Mm-hmm. So like to separate that, that was so important. So I have yeah, to say absolutely. like a lot of this came <laughs> out of our relationship and I wasn't, and yeah. Hours and hours and hours of debrief <laughs> So <laughs> from much. basically everything. And well, that's kind of how the sermons go is like, it's an outpouring of something that God's mm-hmm. doing on you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know God was doing this in me until this week. I was like, yeah, I'd love to preach on joy. I'm a pretty joyful person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it is. It is a choice. And like what you're saying, it is true. And what you're also saying, watch me be empathetic right now. For it. Are you ready for this? This is a thing, um, but <laughs> I'm teaching Amy empathy, and she's teaching me joy choices. I don't know. I'm teaching you, whatever. Um, whenever it is this this feeling like you're in crisis or whatever, and then the answer is that you have a choice to leave crisis and grab the lifeline and and get out of it. There's this human nature thing that happens where you just kind of want to sit in it for a mm-hmm. little bit. And that's a lot of w- what you say to me. You're like, it's there. It just isn't that it's not, you know, it's just that it's not that what I'm feeling is not valid. And it, it isn't that what you're feeling is mm-hmm. not valid. But but the desire to stay in there um has to be less than the desire to get out. And, yeah. and if you if you want to get out of that spot. That's always my, that's always my point. <laughs> she says what she means. <laughs> so there's this, uh, there, that's where the choice is. The yeah. choice is often, um, is often that you just have to want it mm-hmm. and then it's just there. Yeah. And I think it, it always felt very invalidating to my feelings and I want to be, you know, I, you want I to am sit a, in your feelings I, for a little bit. I do. I, and I and let's be honest, to. I want to just pull you out of you them. You want to just blow mm-hmm. on yeah. through. But <laughs> it, it kind of came, joy being a choice came down to that it's not an either or, it's a both and. Yeah. That it's not either I can feel these emotions and feel valid in them. Because that's something that's so important to me. I need to feel like I'm not a crazy person for feeling this way. And I still have a choice, not, or you can choose to not be part of it and just sweep it under the rug and not deal with it. Exactly. And so it was both and not either Mm -hmm. or. Right. (laughs) 
Yes, I totally agree with you, believe it or not. <laughs> what? <laughs> can we write that down? Oh, it it's a recorded time, for time history stamp. for you. You time can just stamp. save this forever. <laughs> we can just save it. <laughs> well, one of the things that I appreciated at the beginning of your um, service was that you talked about joy being a foundation mm. um, in our lives. And I had never thought about it that way. Um, and I really, it made me think about the rest of your sermon mm. differently because I was thinking about joy as a foundation in my life instead of just like, you know, an extra piece, you know, right. a, an additional thing that can just, you know, sometimes is there and sometimes isn't. Yeah. Um, it's not a reaction. It's mm-hmm. a decision, like we said, but also it's, uh, it's, it's there whether we choose to grab it or not. It's mm-hmm. there. I, it's, I think sometimes we feel like we have to earn joy. Mm-hmm. And so it like what I really didn't want to come through was if you do these three things, then you will experience joy, mm-hmm. which is why I wanted to start with that foundational mm-hmm. piece. No, that's good. Yeah, it's not a roadmap. It's part of it's it's there. It's, yeah, it's there for the for yeah. the taking kind of a deal. It's and what was in the midst of doing these things mm-hmm. that you find joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because not because you're doing these things, but because in each of these things that's where the presence of God mm-hmm. happens to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why like and those are not limited. That's why like the one of the questions is what do you do that makes you love Jesus more? Because mm-hmm. you, we run after the places of where the presence of God is and there's we just happen to talk about three places that it's always there. Right. Which I think at one point you asked the question, um, how are we cultivating joy in our lives? Mm-hmm. And I like that question a lot and because um, I watched the sermon twice, once just to watch it and then second time to take notes for this. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the question that we had at the end, which mm-hmm. was, what do you do to love the Lord more? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, those two questions go so well together. Um, and so it really made me think like, what do I do in my own personal life to cultivate joy and to grow closer to the Lord? Mm-hmm. I love uh, a pastor that I follow that asks that question a lot um, and, and kind of puts it in the way of like, keep striving after like those things, whether it's, you know, in your self care, you know, maybe it's hanging out in the hot tub under the stars <laughs> and you just feel like you love Jesus more. Or like, I think it, it gives us an opportunity to take an honest assessment of how we spend our time and what we do with our lives. And is that cultivating joy? And like, you know, not Mm -hmm. everything is going to cultivate the feeling of happiness. Right. But is it going to give us a perspective of Jesus and things like that? So even in simply like what what we consume, what what are we reading, watching, listening to? uh, Because you can get a really good heart check. Like if you're if you're not feeling super great all the time, look at what you're consuming, because if you're consuming a lot of things that are negative, things that don't like push you towards a closer relationship with Jesus, you should probably assess that Mm -hmm. and check that out. Um, And, you know, and that can be in lots of things. That doesn't necessarily mean like it's only like uh, things that are about the Bible. Those things can be great, but it could be something else like, you know, reading Chronicles of Narnia, Mm -hmm. even though it is a Christian series, you know, based in that, like that was enjoyable for me. And it wasn't necessarily like, reading Leviticus <laughs> oh my gosh for me there's this concept that's really become crystal clear to me even just like in the last couple of 
months of of life my summer took a total detour and what I thought was happening didn't happen health wise and some different things and um and I had I had to pivot again um and kind of make a new path for myself Mm -hmm. but 2020 has been just this Mm -hmm. wild crazy (laughs) ride for basically every before we went on uh, on air where Morgan and I were talking because it's a fun fact I had Morgan as one of my mentorship partners this last year um but i so i just adore this girl she's she's my favorite we're keeping anyways her. no we're they're all my favorite um we're keeping her though um so 2020 i turned 40 in march so i had like all these plans i'd gone through all this crazy stuff last year and i was like we're just gonna have fun this year and i always set mantras or words i always pick like three words for the beginning of the year and then they pop up at 10 o'clock a.m. on a reminder on my phone every day and, you know, different things like that. Um, and this year, instead of picking just three individual words, I picked three phrases. And um, they were relentless grace, steady growth, and unapologetic joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, 2020... I don't even, (laughs) I don't even know how those were, you know, those, you think about those three things, almost laughable, but the crazy thing is it is a choice because every single day, those three things are applicable, including unapologetic joy. Mm -hmm. And I uh, wrote on a post-it note and put on my mirror, unapologetic joy, underline, still period (laughs) after July 2nd when I had my 30th brain surgery and so you know it was just like this is it's still that's still what we're doing and Mm -hmm. we've rolled through the last couple of months and even more Mm -hmm. changes and different things and it's still it's still a daily thing and so those are those the 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 choice that you have and the foundation of it it's still there even in the craziness like it it and you don't have to apologize for it because it's it's just there and it's Mm -hmm. accessible when when whenever you want to live it out yeah amy let me ask you as somebody who's you know you've gone through a lot of trauma a lot of obviously 30 brain surgeries you know i i feel like in my hardest moments it's really hard to choose joy right and so Mm -hmm. you know think about like the moment that you're like the most down like the lowest bottom for you let's say somebody's in that space what would you tell them how they can choose joy right now there when you are when you're stripped down to that to that moment when you're in that really really low low point like you said and there's you're in complete chaos or you're in you're in trauma you're in crisis whatever it may be there's the one absolutely elemental part of life and it's that we we don't come into this life without without access to god being like Mm -hmm. right right there with us and in the my worst moments on on a personal level or medically or whatever when you feel so 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 alone Mm -hmm. that's when I've felt the least alone and that's Mm -hmm. what you have to cling to that because that's that's the only thing I mean I've had 
plenty of moments that we could list and list sure. and list where that basically is when it becomes apparent to you, I think also. Yeah, so that's like how awareness. I can look back and be grateful for those, for those things, because without those things, I would not be as solid as I am in the, in the fact that I'm not alone. Yeah. So I think that's why like, gratitude so important too and mm-hmm. like in those moments just reminding yourself that perspective and you know I, I sometimes with people go to worst case scenario like okay what is the worst case scenario mm-hmm. would you still be okay mm-hmm. and like is God still good mm-hmm. in that scenario like even if you die you know like you're with Jesus okay mm-hmm. you yeah. know and so like getting that perspective like we were talking about that perspective and like in a, in a way John Corson would say an awareness of his thereness, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I just, I can't get out of my head, but you know, or like the Ren collective song. Yeah. That's like what's true. And yeah. yeah. What's and the line from that. That's just like written all over every single <sighs> journal I have is like, what's true. And the light is still true in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's there it is right there There it is. It I mean like me. it just isn't you you don't get to have like one without the other and this that's like a such an un, imperfect world mm-hmm. it's such a unstable situation just being on earth and I was like mm-hmm. there's only like one thing that's really really s- stable and always the same and never changes yeah um I can't remember who it was if it was speaking of Corsons it might have been Ben Corson (laughs) that was like there's only one being or person that always and never um actually apply to Mm. there's nobody that can say I'm always there with you and I will never leave that it just that's humanly impossible and so like God is the only one who's always and never like that is just like a uh, something to remember that's what that's what i tell people though okay thanks Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um so one of the things that i really loved the symbolism of was when you were talking about the chronicles of narnia series and eustace as the dragon um and that idea that we were not meant to wear these layers Mm. um and i just love that because sometimes it's so easy just to think that you know no this is just who i am this is just what we're this is just how i have to live this is what i have to deal with but to be reminded that we were not created that way and that this is not who we were meant to be and that with god he can get rid of it like he can't mm-hmm. take that away if we let him yeah that picture of like eustace as the dragon laying down and just letting aslan rip into him like that was huge because it's so easy just to you know m- you know sit and wallow in our pity yeah. and just be like oh no there's nothing that can be done and mm-hmm. you know aslan or god is just sitting there like um I can fix this if you hey. want me to. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm right here. And we're yeah. just like, oh, woe is me. Yeah. Um, and again, it's so easy for me to sit here and say that. But to actually, like, live that out and to remember that when we are in those those moments is, is so challenging. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I feel like one of the things that I thought a lot about 
as I, because one of the things you think through when you're crafting a message is who who's the audience. Mm-hmm. And, it, and speaking to a congregation, like a whole church, is difficult in that way because if you're only speaking to young adults, like you can kind of hone in on what like young adults might experience or whatnot or women or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is like multi-generational, multi-gender, like there's just like variety of not just life experience and all those things, but also different areas around Oregon that are watching Mm -hmm. and and some people from other places other states other countries like Mm -hmm. are tuning into this as part of like the connections and families that we have and so one of the things that I really thought a lot about is that the reason these three these three things are important is because usually we have one or two of them that we're like yeah I got that handled and there's usually at least one that we're like, I don't want to touch that one. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, like, I love reading the Bible. It's not a struggle for me. Like, so that's not, that's one that I just love. That is something that I do that makes me love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. I totally love doing that. I love studying the word um, in different languages. I'm just <laughs> a super nerd on that one. But, and then community, I feel like I have great friends. I have great people around me. I have a, great team at church and whatnot and so uh but confession and vulnerability that's rough Mm. that one's really hard for me and some of that has to do with just the fact that like what I mentioned on this is like this these lies that we believe and especially being a person in leadership Mm -hmm. um and being a person that a lot of people lean on then there's a fear that if I show that I struggle in something, then I won't be reliable anymore or then I won't, people will question whether I should lead, Mm -hmm. right? So if I were to say I struggle with anxiety, that's a little bit more of a culturally normal thing. Mm -hmm. And so I would feel comfortable with that. But if I told you that I struggle with lust, would my position be questioned? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And so that's where it's like, that's the one that's harder for me because I'm very much sensitive to rejection and whatnot. And so it's like, it's an easy path for me to run on to just not have problems, even though I'm burning to the ground and people who know me can see it happening, but I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine until I fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I find really interesting is we kind of have at least one of those things that's so hard in that section on confession ripped me apart Mm -hmm. to write so yeah well in morgan what we're saying is being echoed echoed by you mackenzie and that it's like it's painful there's a painful part of of that and that's why it's so it that's why it's so hard Mm -hmm. to take the layers off is because like in in the book you know he's like he's like it's very um uh it's a it's a very visual reference mm-hmm. yeah. of like I'm ripping like like physically ripping the scales off mm-hmm. you know and it's like a, a a true representation of how that's that is painful that's yeah. it's not natural because it hurts it totally, <laughs> it totally hurts. hurts I don't like pain I'm not <laughs> no, doing it it's just and, and so and, and then people don't like vulnerability for different things like yeah. those mm-hmm. the reasons you don't want to be vulnerable are like not necessarily the same re- same reasons I don't want to be vulnerable, but they all kind of come from this the same rooted 
thing and it still takes the pain to get I mean, to, mm-hmm. to go that you go through before yeah. you get to that and point. I think the thing that it ends up being is when we're able to be vulnerable and when we're able to enter into um, intentional confession with one another happens when we get the perspective when we change the narrative that it's not going to end in rejection and even if it does like that's you know like not the point because there's on the other end of it there's healing Mm -hmm. and then there's forgiveness Mm -hmm. because there's ultimately there's not rejection from god right yeah you know there might be rejection from people Mm -hmm. but that's their problem and the people you're in like the best community with the people who are going to be in that battle with you they're not going to see that as as a time to not trust you anymore they're going to see that as oh wow that was amazing like i i just have to say like uh, a few weeks ago when matt shared just very quickly shared about a struggle with pornography mm-hmm. and like matt's like a kind of person that i just kind of see as he just does everything right <laughs> <laughs> and so i think like th- i bet thinking in his perspective the fear of saying something like that yeah. would be people aren't going to trust what I have to say anymore or they're going to see me differently. And my experience was um, I loved him more. I trusted Mm -hmm. him more. I saw him more as a human being. Mm -hmm. He was more relatable. Mm -hmm. And so like that's, that's on the other side of vulnerability Mm -hmm. is trust and healing and deeper relationship. And so Mm -hmm. when we can grasp that and when we actually believe God that that's why that exists then we can actually enter it Mm. yeah absolutely for sure um so i think it's probably about time for (laughs) us to jump into the discussion questions that we had from our community groups yeah um so the first question that we had is we kind of talked about this earlier what is something you do that makes you love jesus more yeah um, I shared in community group this morning at the church, um, just about like hiking and stuff, but mm-hmm. actually we had community group, um, right before this, um, with some of us girls and, um, something that kind of, I thought a lot more about, um, was just me in my job and my role. And so I got to talk just a smidgen about my job in the sermon, uh, working with kids. And I think there is something about, being in that stressful zone <laughs> of working with kids who like literally would throw a chair at you, bite you, hit you, um, spit on you, all the things. But there's this twofold thing that this makes me love Jesus more in one way. It gives, helps me get a little bit of a perspective of how God loves us mm-hmm. because no matter the temper tantrum that a child throws, no matter like, how many mean words they could say to me, all that I have to show up every day with unconditional love towards them and realize that that behavior is not who they are. Mm -hmm. And that, when I, that first hit me the first year I was working with that population, it wrecked me because I was like, Oh God, this is how you love me. This is what I do. And it keeps me a little bit in perspective of like when I'm throwing an emotional temper tantrum, then I know what that looks like because I have children do it every day. (laughs) But the other piece of it is that it pushes you to a limit. Like there's only so much I can do in the moment. Mm -hmm. There's, I don't have control over every aspect. And so 
it makes me love Jesus more because I need him mm-hmm. in those moments. And so I was just thinking about that a lot more. And because we get to play with magnet tiles. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we saw this morning, is lots of fun. Lots of fun, and especially when you real, knock it over. You're real good at it. <laughs> yeah, especially the With a microphone over. in the hand, by uh-huh. the way. Yeah. yeah. That Doing took, it all one-handed. That took yeah. two takes. <laughs> did it really? Not the whole thing. I did start. And started to build it and was trying to figure out how to build it while holding a microphone. Uh-huh. And it was like, start over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so talented. So, so talented. We add it to your resume. Thank you very much. <laughs> One-handed magnetile builder. With claw hands. With claw hands. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, what about you? Um... You know, I, I've had the opportunity in this strange season of life to uh, to have a little more time on my hands, a little more time to myself, mm-hmm. um, which I know all, a lot of us have in the times <laughs> of COVID, have been spending a little more time on our own. And um, one of the things that I started doing was walking a lot more than I had and actually walking outside. Um, and... The thing that I've really been struck with in that time is just how how beautiful the place is that we live in, for one thing, mm-hmm. and how it changes every day. I can mm-hmm. walk at the same place, every the same park every single day, and it's different every single mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And that, the, just the just the complexity and everything of mm-hmm. nature and and stuff that just has been something that's just struck me like like never before so mm. um that would be my answer to it for that's right fun. this minute what about you morgan um so i talked about just how like for me being in nature is mm-hmm. definitely one where um like if i'm hiking or camping or something like that or um just sitting in the quietness mm-hmm. and like just enjoying everything around me mm-hmm. um, and just being in such awe of his creation of his creativity mm-hmm. and ability to make everything that we see and don't see. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also said um, reading my Bible, mm-hmm. which um, I was also talking about how um even though it brings me joy, I don't do it as often as you would think I would if it brings me joy. Mm. Um, and so like sometimes I'll be like, oh, like, you know, when I do actually sit down and read my Bible and I'm like, oh, this is so good. Like, why don't I do this more often? <laughs> like, why don't I do it, you know, every morning and night, like right. <laughs> type of thing. Um, so those are the two things that I talked about. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, the second question that we had was, what can you do this week to bring joy to someone else? Mm. Well, uh, one thing that I didn't mention, I didn't end up using this word but uh, that much, but uh, just how synonymous joy, well, I guess I mentioned rejoicing, right? The act, mm-hmm. um, but like the word celebration uh, and so for me, uh, this is a celebration week, uh, because this is Tell show, us why. so shameless, <laughs> shameless plug. It's my birthday week. Yes. We didn't know. 
wow. <laughs> Nobody knew. I know. It's not like I posted about it all year. Um, yes. And so I think so, something that I've really learned and grown in over the last decade, I would say, um, is uh, not ruining good things because of expectations mm-hmm. and, oh. um, and enjoying the people that are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like when I was, especially in my early twenties, I had these big expectations cause I love my birthday. I'm one of those, I'm one of those people. I love my birthday. It's my favorite day of the year. I wait for it all year long. It's a big, it's a big build up. It's like, it's so exciting. And so, too, um, when I was younger, I'd be like, we're throwing this huge birthday bash. I would plan, I planned my like. I think it was for my golden birthday, my 27th birthday. When I was like 19, I was like, it's going to be this big party and it's going to be 30s themed and everybody's going to be wearing these dresses and it's going to be super, all the stuff, whatever, because I love the (laughs) big band music at the time. Super extra. That just literally never happened. But, But when I was younger, I then people, I would plan something big for myself because uh, people wouldn't always plan it for me, probably because they didn't want to disappoint me. <laughs> but then I'd be like, everybody, we're doing this thing. Well, my birthday's in the summer. Mm. Everybody's usually gone. And so... Well, especially as a kid. Yeah. Yes. So, like and then the even summer. in college, mm-hmm. in yeah. college, you know, well, oh, like yeah. school doesn't even start till the end of September. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's gone. And my best ones... And worse ones sometimes. <laughs> where be, I was working at camp. So I was working. Oh. So the best part about that is everybody had to be there. <laughs> and so that I would be so disappointed if people don't show up. But what would happen is I would then people, not as many people would, you know, show up or it wouldn't go the way I want it to. And then I would lash out on the people who did show up. Mm. Like one year, two of my friends, two of my best friends I'm still friends with are the ones who showed up. And I was like, nobody loves me. And they're like, my childhood best friend was there and she literally slapped me and was like, we're right here. (laughs) So all that to say is I think to help other people feel joy is, is bringing people into why I love my birthday and all the things that I want to do. And so um, I'm doing a few different things this week. I'm hiking with my, one of my best friend's daughters tomorrow um, who's going into middle school. Um, and, uh, and, uh, we're just, I've got a group of us going to just hang out on Thursday on my actual birthday. And then, uh, over the weekend, Amy is taking me to the beach mm-hmm. with some of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of fun things. So in the order to spread joy to all of my people, um, I'm going to be really grateful for that. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, in order to spread joy to all my people, I'm going to grace you with my birthday. Well, that too. You're welcome. You're welcome. I asked my friend the other day on the phone. She lives in Connecticut. I said, how are you celebrating the holiday next week? And she's like, is it Labor Day already? And I was so offended. <laughs> she's like, oh, wait, I'm so sorry. She loves her birthday too, so she gets it. <laughs> Amy, how are you gonna spread joy to some people this <laughs> week? Some people. Besides taking <laughs> your little hiney hiney to the beach oh, and yeah. lavishing you with all kinds of Love. barbecue. Oh, it's 
I think the love language is meat barbecued. <laughs> this is this is legit how it went down. I'm like, we're going to the beach. We're gonna get there right at dinner time. I'm already gonna have meat to barbecue and we'll just walk in the door we will go straight to the deck and we'll turn on the barbecue and i will be ready wow there's also a hot tub you can get in the hot tub while i make food for you uh yeah that's definitely and all the rest of the girls will just be like wow (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) luckily it's katie and bailey and they already they'll be starving too so they'll just be like it's real. Okay, Amy's on it. <laughs> Amy's going to do a really good job spreading joy this week. I can just yeah. feel it. I'm going to spread joy to myself by making sure you're not hangry when we arrive. I'm really into that. Time. Yeah. I'm so. really into that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think there's this thing that I know I do. I, I try to do a lot, but I don't know how well I do it every day. But the people who are key people in my life, I have learned to just ask them, what can I do for you? Mm. Like, like it just like, so like, what, what can I do to make your day better, like life better or yeah. whatever? Like, what can I do for you? And it's a really like interesting thing because the, the answers are all over the board. Sometimes it's, I need you to help me write a book. And <laughs> other times, love you, Freddie. Um, and uh, other times it's, you know, I just need to talk about something. I just need to vent. You go for Give a me walk. 10 minutes, you mm-hmm. know, kind of a thing. But I think it's really important to um, not only receive community, but to just really give of yourself. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it just... It's, it's good because when you need to be connected to other people, then um, those relationships are stronger. Mm-hmm. So anyways. So good. So I try to make a regular practice of that, but I just need to be intentional about it. It's a, so, it's an awareness. Yeah. And you see, I think that's something you're really good at uh, is well, seeing a practice. people. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and you just see people and you're like, you know when we can get out of our own head and, and see that somebody's maybe struggling or just see that it's not their best moment, you know, just asking what they need. Yeah. Not just assuming what they need, but asking what they need mm-hmm. is so huge because the way that I would receive it is so different than even Morgan probably would. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and we often are trying to give joy the way that we want to get it mm-hmm. instead oh. of trying to figure out. Sure. You know, like I'll often like try to push somebody through an experience so that they, you know, can be classically in an unhealthy way, like joy on Inside Out, where she's like banging (laughs) pots and pans and making silly faces and like, you don't have to feel that way, you know, (laughs) but it's just not always what's needed. Morgan, how are you going to spread some joy this week? Um... How will you celebrate the holiday? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know. I was thinking about this question this morning. And um, I don't know. I guess the one thing that I talked about and was thinking about, um, I don't necessarily know, like, if it spreads joy to other people, like, explicitly. 
but um, just to be patient with the people in my life mm-hmm. and um, not to get like uh, upset when they do something that I'm like, well, why didn't you just clean that up when you were done with it? Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but instead just to be patient with them and to just clean it up myself. Mm. Um, and so that was the thing that I talked about. Um, That's good. It leaves room for joy. Yes. Yeah. Because then I'm not like holding this, you know, grudge against somebody mm-hmm. and they are not sure why I'm, you know, right. upset with them or something. And <laughs> Yes, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love about that question too, Matt Smucker came up with that question. Um, and the reason I love it is because a big, I don't know if I explicitly said it, but a big theme around community was that, and joy is that joy when you have it is a responsibility. And when you have joy, you spread joy. Uh, it's a natural outpouring that joy begets joy, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you experience joy naturally, like if you have good news, what are you going to do? Sure. Um, You're going to yeah. run around and share it to everybody, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I love this question to get us thinking about that a lot. Yeah, yeah it's I good. Like that. It's really good. Uh, all right. Well, any final thoughts before we close out our podcast today? Mm. I don't know. I feel really appreciative and <laughs> grateful to sit here with two amazing women and inspiring women, really. <laughs> and that is not just flattery. I feel very grateful for that. Mm. Um, and that I got to, this is the second year in a row that I've preached right before my birthday, by the way. Is oh. this an annual event? I feel like birthday? it is. I feel like it is. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense because Joe takes August off. Right. Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's yeah, things. So it's thing. who knows? Tune in next August. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else. Amy? Yeah, happy birthday. Thank, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Sweet. We love you. I, we love Aww. you. I, don't know who is. I have multiple personalities. No, mm. I love you both, girls. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both for being here today. I appreciate thank it. You. And thank you to everyone listening for tuning in. Um, you can find us on social media. Uh, we have Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for Praise Family. And you can watch all of our previous sermons on YouTube. Also, just search for Praise Family. And um, our new website is praise.family. Bougie. So, check us out. Uh, thank you all for listening uh, today, and have a blessed week. Thanks. Thank you. Does Mackenzie do the claw hand or do you? Oh, no. That's Mackenzie. This one. It's a lot. It is. Okay. So I asked her a couple of, well, I guess a couple months ago it was, if she (laughs) realizes that when she talks, she does this double jointed thing. Do the claw. Oh, I can't actually do it. She does this thing. And so I can't actually make my. It's because this part of my hand is like. Double jointed. Double jointed. Oh, so I didn't even realize. So she does this thing when she talks. And so there's multiple versions of it. <laughs> there's the tornado claw. <laughs> there's the going forward claw. Bailey was like, did you catch the throwing back claw? <laughs> the throwback <laughs> claw. There's a circular claw. Um, there's there's an up high claw. It's real. <laughs> there, just wait till you watch it back. You'll be amazed. <laughs> I mean, nice. and so then the more the more like soapboxy she is, 
the more the claw comes out. Oh, okay. And then she yeah. gets, she's equal opportunity claw, <laughs> bear clawing <laughs> because like when she's holding the mic with one hand and bear clawing oh. with the one, <laughs> then she gets tired. So then she goes to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's That's a lot of, and, and when then she I doesn't have the mic, you, you use both hands. Yes. I think yeah. I did. One. Well, I think the only time I've d- preached without the mic, I was at a table and I was writing. So it was mm-hmm. less, I think. I should look at look back at it though, because I was not aware of this claw situation back then. <laughs> back then, I hadn't said anything. I couldn't to unsee it today when I was rewatching it. Well, we were all totally commenting in our group text oh, too about yes. it. I was, I we were Bailey and I were just calling out the different claws that were happening. Then there was when she. Threw the thing down. It was like violent <laughs> that, claw. It scared me the first time it I did that, aggressive. actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It was so. a, yeah, it was the violent claw that came out. Mm-hmm. 